There's a lot. There's a few people like that. Go on. I can't think of them now, but. <laughs> This episode of the podcast, is Bruno Fernandes responsible for Man United's poor form against the top six this season? Also, Leicester City bottling it, the standard of refereeing in England, Arsenal's upturning fortunes, Jordan Henderson and Jude Bellingham? Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one, it's time for four months, one toffee. Lee, you mentioned it in the group chat earlier today. The, the thing that's pissing me off is it's Bruno crusade of mm. Bruno. Bru- it's all Bruno. Bruno's fault. Oh, my God. You're calling one of the best players in the world. Just doesn't perform at all. The whole fucking team doesn't perform. When a whole team is not performing, when none of them are scoring, when none of them are creating any opportunities, when all of them are playing this bland, horrible football we've seen yeah. so many times in the big games this season, what the fuck do you want one player to do on his own? What do you want him to do? Because even Messi and Ronaldo in their prime would struggle in this United mm. side the way that we have played at times, devoid of any creativity, devoid of any chances, just no, something like even a lack of passion sometimes. Like yesterday was just, we'll never get an hour and a half back ever. Oh, it was shocking. It's gone, it's gone. And do you know what, Danny, you said it as well in the group chat. All I, oh, we always say this, don't we? You said it in the group chat, you said that if we could actually pull onto this podcast what we say in the group chat, fucking hell, we'd be the biggest podcast. Sure, like little, sure, like little pop ups every now and then of what actually is fucking said. <laughs> exactly, everything that we say. But Danny, you said it yesterday. Like, the scary thing is that game yesterday was better than the one at Old Trafford. Yeah. That shows you how bad that game was. I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to play devil's advocate a lot here today. Of course you uh, are, because I said it and you hate agreeing with me. Go on. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think as United fans we can laud Bruno's impact the way we do and then not accept that he doesn't turn up against the big six. All we think about is how incredible we or how shit we were before that Burnley game a year and a half ago mm. and how amazing we've been since he's turned up. And all we say is Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes. So I think we have to accept responsibility that, yeah, he's, been, he's brilliant against everyone else. But I do think he shits the bed against the top teams. And do you know what? So did Ronaldo for a long time as well. I mm. remember many, many top games where Ronaldo just didn't turn up for United and even for Real Madrid. Many classic Sorry to interrupt where... you, but has anyone just seen that defensive header by Dominic Carver Lewin? No, mate, he's super. I have. Oh my God, Jesus, what a header. That is insane. <laughs> he's, he's unreal, mate. Um, I don't even know to do that. So yeah. Danny, I'll go against you there, right? The, the top, they're called the top teams for a reason. They're called the top teams for a reason. The top teams. Fucking hell, man. you can't just expect Bruno Fernandes on his own to swan up to Stamford Bridge, yeah? Regardless of what you think of Chelsea this season, they're still a top team. They're, they're going to finish top four this season, Chelsea. There's not a doubt in my mind. Thomas Tuchel's coming there. We said it before. We said it to shit. They're looking so much more organised. You can't expect Bruno to, to just swan on into their stadium 
and just turn it on. Like, like Especially when well. he's the player that gets marked the most. Exactly. Everyone knows how good he is. When you're playing against the likes of Burnley or you're playing against the likes of Brighton and these teams where Bruno's turned up from time to time again this season, they've not got the quality to be able to negate what Bruno brings, which is the guy's a genius. The guy's a genius. He is one of those where he'll try something nine times a game. It will look like shit. He's having an absolutely diabolical game, but it just doesn't deter him whatsoever. He just keeps going and going and going and going. Just keeps hammering and hammering away, launching shit at the wall until something sticks. Against the top teams, your chances of doing that without the rest of the team firing on all the cylinders with you what chance have you got? If we were firing on all cylinders yesterday and we were playing phenomenally and everyone was at the top of their game, you would have seen Bruno, you would have seen Bruno all over the place. But if mm. no one else is going to match him, what can you do? He's, I, he's, I don't he's set miss- a standard, hasn't he? He's, he has, yeah. he's set a standard since he's come in. You know, these top players, you expect them to, you know, week in, week out, be at that standard. You know, if, you if, they're, if they're off it for a week... You know they'll get criticised. Uh, let's say it's just this season. It's 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 just happened to be against the bigger teams. Unfortunately, you know for for Bruno, his his best performances haven't haven't you know haven't been against the better teams in the league. But again, I'd, I'd still argue his contribution to the season was still sitting in second. He's got like fifteen league goals, whatever amount of assists. You know we're still up there, and he's he's still regarded as. I mean, you know, arguably the best midfielder in the Premier League in Europe right now. You know, um, just because he's had he's had an off an off game or an off you know few games. You know, he's entitled to that, but you know his critics because he's because he's set that bar so high will will always be around. It's like with any you know like Ronaldo with the Messi's, De Bruyne's, whatever. You know, if they have a, they have an off game or whatever, they, they will be criticised for it, but. Do you know one thing, I... Oh, sorry. No, then again, it's United, isn't it? And everyone has a... Yeah. <laughs> everyone has a thing about United, don't they, so... Yeah. yeah. Don't get one me wrong, thing... I'm not going right. to... I'm sorry, I just need, like, sorry. I'm not... Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not slating Bruno Fernandes in any way, shape or form. He's, no, like no, I said, no. he's still the reason why. But you, I think, us as United fans, I think we become blind to a lot of what we see and the media where every club thinks there's an agenda against them. I mean, yeah. Christ on my every club thinks it's either the refs, which fucking hell we will get onto this weekend, <laughs> um, or the media or the pundits, whatever against them. Um, Bruno hasn't been firing for a few games now. It, the West Brom game, he was absolutely dog shit, but he got a he scored a screamer. Well, he, again, he, got, he got one volley. We all were again. New, Newcastle, he was wank. Mm. He got a penalty. Like. It's just not, I don't know, like you said, it's probably the forward line. The forward line isn't there at the moment. Out of all yeah. our attackers at the moment, Dan James looks the most threatening. I'll leave that there. Well, well, that's, it's kind of what I was going to get onto, really. Um, a couple of points, though, is that our, our forwards just aren't there at the minute. Not, they're not, they can't hack it. And I, I read something earlier, and someone said, "If does Bruno in maybe next year, two years' time, see the players around him and think we need he needs the quality to come in around him or he'll just move on to another club because I, I, I feel this a lot whenever I watch United I see him sort of 
he's always the one chasing down the goalkeeper or the defenders. He's always the one leading the the press. Like he's always the one trying to drag people across the pitch. Sometimes he'll make a pass or something where it's almost petulant in the way that he passes the ball because it's because he looks like he's getting pissed off. And half the time, I wonder: is he getting pissed off with the situation in, in the way that the game's going, or is he getting pissed off with his teammates not putting in the same levels of effort or? Uh, I don't know, even just running as much as he is. And he does, you notice it, when he when he chases a defender down, looks to his left, sees Marcus Rashford walking, looks to his right, sees Anthony Martial walking. And then he sort of like, he stops as if to say, well, what's the fucking point in me doing this? If those two are just like pondering along. And I think that I, I, I've, I worry that he's getting annoyed with the players that are around him. Because imagine if he was at Real Madrid or imagine if he was at City, and the players that you have around him, like you, you definitely trade that for a sulking Anthony Martial whenever he walks on the pitch, and a Marcus Rashford who just looks like he's forgotten how to play football recently, and I, I think it could cost us Bruno. Like it'll be Ronaldo all over again, kind of thing, where he'll go on to Madrid, and that'll be it, and we'll be there lording like as United fans do about how much they love Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, he'll be the next one. We'll spend the rest of the time talking about how much we love Bruno Fernandes. Well, he left us because we didn't have the players around him. That's how I feel it's going to happen if we don't book our ideas up. Are we starting to see now then maybe what the issue with Pogba has been for so long? Because if we're going to call a spade a spade, Paul Pogba is a world-class midfielder and we have not had anyone as good as him in the United midfield until we brought Bruno in. And now all of a sudden when Bruno's come in and we've had Pogba fit, you've seen the best of Pogba because he's finally got someone playing alongside him who's a similar similar class and he wants to play football. It's a bit like, you know, you turn up to, I'm not saying you do, but you turn up to Wortley and the people that do exactly the same job as you are just shite. They're just absolutely shite. How would you feel? You'd literally feel like my, uh, my you lower be back. Honest, would you? Yeah, yeah, you'd feel like my lower back's going to end up crippled here because I'm just carrying you twats around all day. Yeah. It, that I 100% agree with you. I think that's how Bruno feels. I think that's how Pogba felt for a long, long time. I, I just don't know what the answer is. I, we've all got different opinions and stuff. Something I thought of today, and I don't know if this has been said before, actually, but it just kind of struck me. We're talking about when Lingard comes back as well, which he's going to come back, isn't it? Unless someone mm-hmm. comes in with an amazing bid for him, he's going to come back. If Lingard comes back and we get a bit more quality in the middle and we still struggle to get someone up top, because let's face it, there's Haaland and Kane and there's not really many other good centre-forwards around. Do we do... Bruno is a false nine, maybe. Is, uh, that think... pos- is that possibly where we could get the best out of Bruno and get a, a better balance in the midfield than we've had? I'd, uh, no, because then I think he's sacrificing that midfield player. I, d- I, I don't think we should be shoehorning him into roles where he may not necessarily be his, at his best. I mean, I think it's evident... Th- like The issues are evident in the, in the fact that we play our best when Cavani starts. It's because they've got that focal point striker who, I mean, he's what, 34 now? And he runs more 
than I think Marcus Rashford ever has or Martial ever has. At least Dan James, like Danny said a minute ago, he looks like our best forward at the minute. It's because when he comes on the pitch, he does all, he does everything. He does all the running that he's supposed to do. And this is one thing I'll never understand about professional footballers. Like, I don't care, like what attitude they've got. And I don't care like whether they've had a bad day or something or whether they're out of form or something like that. The very least you can do when you're getting paid that much money is run and run until you literally can't run anymore. Like if you get injured or something after a few games of doing it, then up your fitness and, and get a better physio. Like you're getting paid an extortionate amount of money. The least I want to see from you is effort. Because that doesn't that doesn't take skill, doesn't take talent. It just takes hard work. And th- some of them, and I think Anthony Martial should be moved on this summer. Um, and I'm not just having a go at him because I feel like he might be misproportionately blamed sometimes for certain, I don't know, issues with attack or whatever. But Rashford's been the same this season. Dan James was to begin with as well at the start, but he's upped one thing in his game. It's the effort that he puts in. And now he's got a bit of runner games together. It's showing through that effort. And it he makes scored a like three and five. Like, exactly. he's only got scoring form. Like, fair yeah, play he's, to he, him. it's because he's putting that effort in and he deserves the starts that he's getting. Um, and, and that's kind of what one of our problems is. And now we've gone from thinking, oh, well, our forward line are sound now to thinking, oh, we, we definitely need a centre back. We need a striker at least. We need another winger at least, and probably a centre back as well, and probably a midfielder to replace Matic. So we, we, we. I feel like we approach every single summer with a new rebuild job that needs to happen. <laughs> and that we've been rebuilding the squad since Fergie left. Like how long ago was that? Now seven years. Like it's ridiculous. It happens every yeah. summer. We'll oh, we need this, and oh, this defender needs to come in. This winger needs to come in. Like. It's just not clicking for us at the minute in terms of getting all the players right in the right positions. And Guardiola said it himself the other day when he said, "Well, what's contributed to you winning twenty games in a row?" He said, "We've got an amazing amount of money to spend on the best players in the world." Like, but they've got it. They've got it right. Sure, they went through a few different centre backs and defenders before they got it right, but they've got it right now. And look at that squad. Their entire bench would start for any other Premier League team. Probably hey, any team in the world. You've got to kin- kiss a few frogs before you get your prince. Yeah. Like that's that's what. Look at look at that face. Look at that. It's the right analogy though. <laughs> Just while you were talking, then I uh, I did a little search about when Pogba joined because you were talking about Pogba and World Class players. We'll move on for United in a second because I don't want to talk about it anymore. They're fucking depressing mm. me. Um, <laughs> all of Pogba's assists pretty much went to Ibrahimovic, a world class mm. striker. His best link up play was with Juan Mata who four years ago was still world-class. He was outstanding. Mm -hmm. But for the most of his time, he was playing with Morgan Schneiderlin and Daley Blind. He looked great in Italy because he was playing with Andrea Pirlo and Claudio Marchisio, (laughs) two fucking world-class central midfielders. And then he played played with Schneiderlin and Daley Blind with Marcus Rojo behind him. No wonder he looked poor. It's like getting a... M&S meal deal in it and then nipping into Aldi one day on the way home for a fucking bacon and egg sandwich. It's just not the fucking same thing, is it? It's one thing that Aldi don't do well, it's meal deals. Yeah, they try. They do a meal deal. Not there. They do. Yeah. Of course they fucking do. They don't. They just do random things at a lower price than everywhere else. So you can pick up the same <laughs> items, but it doesn't go together as a meal deal. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. So it just feel like an 89p egg and crest sandwich. You're like, well, you know. 
I got a chicken and bacon okay. from one there the other day. Egg, it was all egg, right. Egg and cress sandwich, Christ. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> egg and cress or something like that. Honestly, it's weird. Some of the shit they do in Aldi is weird. I love Aldi, don't get me wrong. Shot there all the time. But yeah, oh, no, gotcha. meal deal. Oh, yes. Out of question, meal deal. Um, so then, going through the rest of the games before we move on to other topics, boys. I don't want to talk about City again. They're just too good. Like yeah, ridiculous. Te- 20 game win. It's getting streak. boring now, isn't it? Yeah, it is getting, getting boring. boring. You're right. This is like Liverpool last season. Can't be asked anymore. Uh, Liverpool I saw that back. Um, peep show, not peep show, that um, David Mitchell meme earlier. It says, when you realise City have won 20 in a row and it's got him like, are we the farmers? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, literally. This, happened, this has happened though. Last season it was Liverpool. This season it's City. We're, we're one, one team leagues at the moment. It's weird. Uh, Liverpool it's, got they've a They've done it well, before, though, haven't they? Yeah, of I mean, course they have. When they, um, was it when they won the won the league with that 100 points, whatever it was, last yeah. game? I think it was that season. I think they went like 19 wins in a row in the league at the start yeah. of the season or something ridiculous like that. It's like, it's like so they, it's not out of the ordinary, this. It's, they've done it before. <laughs> was that the Which season where is... we came second? When we were like yeah. 19 yeah, we behind points him. behind them or something, yeah. We yeah. stopped them from winning the title. Uh, the SE had against us. Yes. Yeah, Pogba's two goals there. comeback where he dyed his hair blue before and the game. Chris Smalling. Fucking Chris is yeah. Smalling. Yeah. Mm, Mike Smalling. <laughs> yeah, Mike Smalling at the time. Uh, Liverpool boys, well, well needed win against a very resilient Sheffield United. It took until the 50 odd minute, didn't they? Didn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah Sheffield United put up a fight. Like, Ramsey had a fantastic game. Is this where we are with Sheffield United? Oh, 50 minutes he got to. So they conceded a goal. <laughs> hey, yeah. They're on 11 points. Of course, that's where we are with Sheffield United. <laughs> Everything I ever bet on in my life goes to shit. Like, who? There's no way anyone on this planet thought, you know what's going to happen to Sheffield United who finished ninth last season, were amazing, nearly got into Europe. They're going to get 11 points by 25 games next season. I love you know that if you skip back to podcasts about the start of the season, I predicted Sheffield United would go down. Yeah, only because I put 20 quid on it. You know how I thought Fucking genius, mate. Um, they were good, though. They, 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 were, they, played, they worked hard first half. And mm. Liverpool, we forget Liverpool have still got quality just because of the run they've, they've been on. They've still got quality, yeah. and that's why, no doubt about it. Of course they have. Like the, the forward line, we said it last week, the forward line just hasn't been firing. Forward line still didn't fire this weekend. You know, no. Firmino's goal ended up being an own goal in the end. And it was uh, Curtis Jones who got the first one, who mm. I think is probably is a sleeper pick for one of the young players of the season. Possibly. Uh, and if it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for Phil Foden, obviously, because he's 100% winning it. Uh, Curtis Jones is a sleeper. Like it might be a dark horse bet for that because he's had a great season. I think he's filled into that centre midfield role really, really well. Yeah, they've, been too. <laughs> they've, they've been trouble. They've been trouble about him. So, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. Serious, serious trouble. They're already in trouble now, but, yeah. but I think the top four would be well out of the reach if if someone like him didn't come into the team. He's done really, really well. I agree. Yeah, I mean, we spoke last week about. Henderson only being out for five weeks. Turns out he's going to be out for 12 weeks now, isn't it? 12 weeks, yeah. yeah. That's his season oh. done. Yeah. So now, like, that verges on England time now. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say 12 weeks. Where does that put him? I'm looking at the dates here now. Well, was that announced today? No, three last months. week it was, I think. So it's three months. So yeah, he's looking at end of May. Yeah. Oh, my And then God. he'll have, like, 
a week, two weeks to get fit for the Euros. That's, so that's like for me, you can't take you can't take someone like that. Can't take him. They will though. I know. They, I know we, it will. We, I, I feel like will, we but... are in this position with one of our main players every single tournament we ever go <laughs> yeah, through. We it was Wayne Rooney. <laughs> it was David Beckham. It's it's always someone that's injured and even Kane faces a late fitness test to be ready. We never learn either. Never learn. It just goes to show you, doesn't it? Like, for where we are as England fans, if you would have said four years ago, you know what, in four years' time, the Euro is going to be coming around um, and Jordan Henderson might not make it, we would have all been like, and <laughs> <"Fuck> <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> I don't know why we bothered. But you, re- you re- obviously we've realised in the last couple of seasons how important he is. And full full credit to him as well because he's I think he's proved a lot of people wrong, especially the last couple of seasons. Yeah, is out of all top players in the league, he's probably had some of the most amount of doubters out mm-hmm. of anyone. Yeah. Um, and he's proved almost everyone wrong. So I keep saying he's done more than Gerard does. Gerard couldn't win a title, and we want to talk about Scottish football boys because um, there was a momentous announcement the other day of. Uh, Neil Lennon admitting, you know what, you can't hack it anymore. And he left Celtic so he doesn't have to watch Rangers lift the title at Celtic Park. Dale, I'm seeing you take a sip of the whiskey, so I'm coming straight to you, mate. I know you're ready for this. Your favourite club, <laughs> losing their manager. Uh, I'll tell you what, he just couldn't stick it out, could he? Uh, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't bear to do it, could he? Uh, no. What was it, seven, seven points he needed or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, ah, it's it, it, well, it's it's sort of been written for a long time, hasn't it? I mean, Rangers winning that league, um, it's been done and dusted for a while now. But I mean, we talk about Liverpool and their, you know, crumble from title winners last season to where they are now. I mean, Celtics is just as just as bad. Uh, I mean, they've gone from winning the league last season. You know how many points it was to falling twenty odd points behind. You know Rangers this season, um, but yeah, Neil Lennon just he got out. I, I mean, he didn't even get out with any credit anyway. But you know, he, he just couldn't bear to to stick around for those final final few games of being called champions. But couldn't die on his sword, could he? No, couldn't die on his sword. No, <laughs> it's so well, funny though because it's, it, it's almost feels like all their fans now hating. Even yeah. though he's practically <laughs> won them the majority of the last nine titles in a row that they've hasn't, won as Hasn't a he been manager like six times? I swear whenever they sack someone, he comes back in. It's yeah, worse than Jim Gannon and Stockport. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back after whoever they get in next and sack them eventually. They had a cup final the other day. Who was it? Like St. Johnston and Livingston yeah. or something like that. It's the first time a team, apart from Celtic, has won a domestic trophy since 2016. Can you please, <laughs> honest to God, <laughs> honest to fucking God, mate. Dale, you said before, crumble, fucking hell, man. If Liverpool are Apple, then Celtic are fucking rhubarb, man. It's just been a fucking catastrophe all season. They have been absolutely shocking. Oh, the standard, there's a sound of the, football, <laughs> the standard of the football up there is dead. I'm sorry, it's dead. When when Henry Larson turned around and went, see you boys, I'm off to Spain, it, the, the whole thing just died. Like there's, there's <laughs> nothing up there since. There's been a couple of moments here and there in like Europe and stuff. Rangers for some reason are amazing in Europe. I mean, that that's gonna be the most embarrassing thing for me. If Rangers go and spank Slavia Prague now and send them crashing out of the Europa, look what Slavia Prague did twice to Celtic earlier in the season. 
Four one at home and four one away. And to Leicester as well. And yeah, Leicester dumped Leicester out like no problems whatsoever. I know Leicester are obviously struggling for injuries and stuff. We'll probably get onto them in a second, like undoubtedly. But yeah, you should be beating Slavia Prague. No disrespect to them, but you should be beating Slavia Prague. I couldn't tell you one of their players. Suchek, there you go. You don't even play for him anymore. He just wears a shirt. <laughs> just wears a shirt. He's a little passion merchant at home on FaceTime. They, they put out a good team. Schmeichel, Amati, Evans, Suntu, Thomas, Telemans, Ndidi, Under, Chowdhury, Albrighton, and Jamie Vardy. That's not a bad team. No, it's good. Harvey Barnes came on, so did Castagna, so did Ricardo. Did any, did any of you see that tweet the other day? Like I said, Harvey Barnes is never Harvey or Barnes. He has to be Harvey Barnes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've seen that. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a few people like that. Go on. I can't think of them now, but... <laughs> Been a long day. I'm done. I'm literally done. That is the oh. best moment that's ever happened. On we'll end it on that. <laughs> it's oh always God. me that this happens to as well. Oh God! I don't know why? Oh, you know, no, you know the punishment is for that. You're Lee Noble from now on. You're not Lee, and you're not Noble. You have to be Lee Noble forever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, Yeah, we'll we'll move to Leicester then. Um, oh God! See, so we eat my own words. They uh, they kind of bottled it on weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty rubbish. Uh, and Harvey Barnes, as speaking of him, has got an injury as well. Um, oh, has he? And yeah, Jones. he went off uh, with his uh, uh, ankle strapped up, like oh, full shit. on uh, blow up cast on straight away. Mm. So I'm hoping that he's not too badly injured because he could be uh, a shoe in for an England squad mm. spot, I reckon. He has to be. He's been so good. Um, but unfortunately, it looks like it might be quite a lengthy one. Uh, I've seen Johnny Evans came off did he get injured as well yeah he's injured as well Johnny Evans yeah. that's a bad miss because I think mm. he's been incredible this season mm-hmm. I think he's been really good and I believe Fafana's still out as well yeah so that leaves them with a massive gap at the back there Fafana's I mean, out Morgan's out Justin's out again so th- there's your whole defence gone straight away they've got Soyuncu from last season who hasn't been the Soyuncu from last season he yeah, he hasn't, he, he hasn't been as good since he kicked Josh King in the back of the net. I mean, <laughs> did, 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 I mean, did, have we missed Madison? I mean, he's, he's been out those last two yeah. games against yeah. Slavia Prague and, and Arsenal, and you know they scored one, conceded five in them two games. But um, I, I said before, I was a bit surprised with the, with the result at the weekend, you know, with Arsenal beating them. But then, I'm, then again, I'm looking at the home form this season at Leicester's, and to be fair, it's pretty poor. You know, 13, 19 points from 13 games. I mean, the mm. away form, the, the, the second best, the, the joint joint top in the away form with City, 30 points from 13 games. How are we not top of that table? We're, we're, we're a point behind 29. Ah, right, okay. Fair enough. You fucking draw every game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So they, so Leicester have been like, kind of like us this season at home. You know, they, they don't know what it is. They've just hit and miss, you know, hot and cold. You know, you see some of the results. I mean, Fulham went there, won. West Ham, West Ham went there in the start of the season, absolutely nailed them. Is yeah. it three 0 Yeah. Um, they've had they've had some really poor results there at home uh, this season. So, I mean, I might I might retract the comment <laughs> regarding think, the surprise surprise yeah. you know home loss there. Uh, I I think there's clear parallels between us and them this season, and it's clear when there's only one point between us in the table. Mm. You can't break yeah. teams down. When when teams sit back against them, 
and, and they're expected to, to break them down, they just struggle to do it. It's exactly like us. Yeah. And then away from home, pressures, even with the, no fans, pressures off them, and they can play the sort of counter-attacking football that they want to play. I mean, Jamie Vardy's key to that. But even even the season at times, they found ways of doing it without Jamie Vardy just because of the quality of the attacking plays that they've got and the speed they've got up front with the likes of Harvey Barnes. So when you're missing Madison and Barnes all of a sudden, you're literally back to plan A, which is someone needs to play the ball in behind and hope that Vardy runs onto it. Well, Lee, you've been a massive advocate for Madison this season mm. and last season as well. Uh, I've I've seen it, but I've never like probably seen it as well as you have, but... I think it's as clear as day that they, he is the linchpin of that team and they are struggling without him. I've liked him since uh, since he was at Norwich. I thought he, he's just been a class player um, and he's he's getting more and more of the limelight now, I guess. Um, although he he could end up being the one that misses out, unfortunately, for the England squad from like... Sure I mean, look not. who we've got that's got to go instead. Grealish, Foden, like, you, those players, Sterling... Rashford, Sancho, they, they, he won't go ahead of any of them, even though we all kind of know realistically that he should be going instead of, say, Marcus Rashford. Uh, no, no Rashford should be going. He should be going ahead of Mason Mount. Yeah. He should be going ahead of Mason Mount. There's no doubt in my mind. And for anyone who wants to argue it, where are Chelsea in the table and where are Leicester? Yeah. And who's been, their, who's been their best players this season? Madison's been Leicester's best player this season. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I I do like Mason Mount, but why? He, he adds something different to to Chelsea, um, and when he he's always played well whenever I've seen him play, um, and he has got a few goals uh, and assists for England. He's a, a player that Southgate trusts, uh, whereas Madison's kind of unproven in the international stage. Because international yeah, football is a completely different ball game. So if you've got players there that you know can perform, then you're more likely to take them to a tournament until you can put players like Madison in to friendlies. Like that's just what happens. And that's why Jordan Pickford will probably go as England number one, uh, just because Southgate trusts him for some reason. But he does, and he's performed internationally for the most part. So, yeah, it's a tough one, but... I don't think Mount's a bad player. I don't. I think Mount's a good player. But he, unfortunately for Mount, he plays in the same position as at least three other players who I can think of in the Premier League who are better than he is and offer more. And that's just all there is to it. And he's Chelsea's best. I think he's Chelsea's best player this season, Mason Mount. I mean, where, I, where, where does Mount play? Possibly. I'd rather take Jude Bellingham. Yeah, you're probably right. If if you know if they want to get into Europe next season, winning this Europa League uh, is their realistic chance. I I think. Uh, and I think they won't do because we're winning it. I I think they'll take a well, lesser yeah. interest. They'll take a lesser interest in the league because I think Arteta knows that. I yeah. think he knows that Champions League, the, the Europa League, is an absolute priority for them. Yeah, I mean, it, don't get me don't get me wrong. It'll it'll it'll. You know, Arteta will probably still put out his, his strongest squad in the league until yeah. it's mathematically, you know, not possible, you know, um, to qualify and stuff. And then, and you know, do what <laughs> Mourinho did with us, yeah. you know, a few years ago. You know, as soon as top four was out of the game, right, you know, full focus was then was uh, winning the uh, Europa League. So I, th- I think Arteta, Arteta might go down the same road. 
possibly just to try and get some sort of European football for next season. Just looking at who they've got in Europa League. Olympiakos, the team that did them last year. Yeah, yeah. That, that went well. Written in the stars. <laughs> yeah. It, it also, went... did you see that Zlatan's out of our game? Both games. Is yeah, it? He's injured. Yeah. yeah, injured. He's got a doctor injury. Oh, no, we were still going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hon- yeah honestly, Milan just... The, Milan, the parallels between Man United and Milan have been there for years and years. And they remain still now because we're both second. We're both rebuilding. We've got young squads. It's kind of fitting that we've drawn each other. Yeah, yeah. the new pretenders. <clears throat> Do you not know, think it's the arrogance of us, though, to say, like, oh, you know, we just, we'll just wipe Milan aside? We do it every time. Like, we said we were going to wipe Sevilla aside last season, semi final. Yeah. That went well. That went we, won't, we won't wipe them aside. We will not wipe no. them aside. They're going to make it a good game. They've got some very, very good players at Milan side. Yeah. Um, but I do think we edge it. Um, it all depends on how the league table ends up, as far, still, as far as I'm concerned. If we finish in that top two, I'm still not asked. Well, how's how's Serie A looking? Is Inter Milan top of the table? Inter Milan top, uh, Milan second, Juve third. Is it close though? Relative. Uh, Inter won the derby the other day uh, to go four points clear. Juventus have had the worst start in the league at this point in the last 10 years, apparently. Here's an interesting point, actually. You've talked about Juventus. Did anyone see the quote from Antonio Cassano the other day? Yes, yes, I did about Ronaldo and Juve, yeah. Yes, so basically he said that he thinks the Ronaldo experiment has been a failure and Juve have gone backwards. Juve signed Ronaldo to sign the Champions League Mm. and since then they haven't done it. This experiment has been a failure. And I was like, what? Like... You can't. What we talk about Bruno Fernandes, one player is not going to turn you to a title-winning team. No. Like that Juve squad is not the Juve squad of old. No. Ronaldo isn't the Ronaldo of old. No. He he is old. He's thirty-six. Mm-hmm. He's thirty-six. Like what do you want? Even in a slower-paced league, what do you want from him? And you know what, Antonio Cassano, what the fuck did you ever do in your career, you dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You retired, you came back, and you realised you were still shit, so you retired again. So I'd say what you say with a pinch of salt. If it was Andrea Pirlo who, who said something, yeah, or someone relevant to the situation right now, Juventus, who's played for the club before, and he said something like that, all right, I might pay some notice. Fucking paying attention to fucking Casano. Piss off, mate. I, I, no. I bet Ronaldo's thinking the same thing. I'm a bit aggressive, that. I don't actually know him. I'm going on like he's fucking robbed money off me or something like that. Yeah, That's you'll be sending him a text later. Like, just, oh, he's not arsed Ronaldo won't be arsed he'll look at that and, and just laughed yeah he's one of it's, the greatest players of all time what, what yeah. am I bothered about your opinion for the Serie A table is interesting though Inter and Milan on 56 and 52 then you've got Juve Atalanta Roma Napoli and Lazio all separated by three points wow that's, that's tasty that's that Juventus are getting themselves dragged into there aren't they isn't it just <laughs> Isn't it just you? The last few years have always been Juve, Napoli, and Roma challenging for that title, and all three of them are out of the top two spaces because both Milan clubs are in there. Yeah. We're that's apparently going, that, after that, that, Nikola Milinkovic again. Yeah, I mean that's going back a few years. That when you know Inter Milan was up there mm. consistently, sort of year in year out, and Juve. You know that yeah. we're going back quite a few years there, but that was that was the battle over in Italy, wasn't it? 
Well, uh, Juve's dominance has been the same as Celtic's. Right, yeah. Yeah. Inter haven't been a good team since, in domestically, since mm. what the Mourinho days, maybe. Yeah, since 2011-ish. Since Diego Melito left them. What player? Oh, my Champions League final. Oh. Mention him every time, but what a ball. Yeah, <laughs> I will bring him up any time I can. Well, I think, boys, that leads us on very nicely to... You know what? Under 18s, yeah. We're firm on the youth. No, you just, it's just not something you do. No, just, no not, just not that week. Here we go. Oh, dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. I put it. I put it in a group chat. I think it was a day after we did this last week. The the, um, the Mexican game, uh, where well, there's two dickheads of the week in this in this one. Um, where there was um, one, basically one of these teams. The, the players got a, a a run on goal, an open goal. And yeah. The player, um, you know, he's got a wide open goal. Hits the post. The ball hits the post. So, dickhead of the week, number one, you know, you should be missing an open goal. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Sorry, I've, I've zoned out there, but yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> so, you know, you should be missing an open goal. So, dickhead of the week, number one. Uh, as a result of uh, this player actually hitting the post, the ball comes out to um, his, his teammate, who has, again, a wide open goal virtually in front of him, but the referee somehow manages to get in front of this shot and blocks the shot. <laughs> so dickhead number two is the referee of said game <laughs> for also blocking a shot where, where, the, uh, where it was a wide open goal. Unbelievable. Uh, I, can't remember the, I can't remember the referee's name or the player's name, but yeah, I think I, I, think I found it the, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, wherever it was. Uh, absolutely pissed myself laughing and watching it. It was absolutely comical. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, you're going in there for the week. Deservedly <laughs> so. Yeah. Great. Oh, Anyone else? Do you want me to go? I'll go. Yeah, go on, yeah, go on mate. Got a couple. Um, first one, I have, I have to bring it up because I'm still pissed off about it now. But it, it's it's rugby, so it's not quite football, but I, it's it's seethed me so much. Uh, Pascal Gozère, the French referee from the uh, England against Wales game on Saturday, uh, he essentially it's like to put it in football terms, what he did, he told the um, captain of a team to go and have a word with his players about their discipline, and then let. And then, without any of the team being ready, let the opposition take a, a quick free kick, we'll call it just for football's sake, uh, which they scored from. Honestly, I've never seen a referee in performance so bad in my entire life. And then he also let go uh, a knock-on, which basically in rugby means you, you not lose the ball forward, um, which is a blatant thing. Everyone knows it when it's happened but they gave it as a try, even though it, it should have been a knock-on. And then has come out today and said he admits he got both of them wrong. Well, that doesn't fucking matter now, does it? <laughs> so that's my first one. Second one, for for kind of the same reasons, is Lee Mason. Um, because what a shambles of a man for almost exactly... The same. It, honestly, it was, it was like 
the carbon copy rugby and football. So in the in the football version, in Lee Mason's version, he blew the whistle to let them take the free kick while still organising the wall. Um, and now, fair enough, like you've got to be ready in that situation. Like at least in the rugby, the the, the team who aren't quite ready wasn't culpable at all because he told them to go. He told him to go and speak to his players, and they got in a huddle to speak about what they needed to talk about. And then while they're in a huddle, he blew the whistle and, and let them. Anyway, in the Lee Mason incident. He, he blew the whistle. They took the quick free kick. It went in. Great strike. And then blew his second whistle, blew the whistle again before the ball went in the net, which meant it technically then, I think, couldn't be ruled by VAR because the ball had, or hadn't, had, had not crossed the line before the second. Like, what are you playing at? What are, and it just feels like the standard of refereeing in football is getting worse. I, I, as I'm sure someone else is going to mention the refereeing in the Manchester United game for the penalty. I was about and to then, say, should we just sweep all this up with all sports yeah. refereeing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so, that's me. So what was that? It it, it not. So did, he what, not, did he not know he blew the whistle for the first time or something like that? So what he'd lines? done is, from my understanding, Lewis Dunk has asked to take him the free kick quickly, which you're allowed to do. Henri has been doing this since, what, 2003? Like, Henri mm. did it years ago. He asked, can I take it? Yes. And Gary Lineker brought up a very good point on Twitter, actually, where he said, why, if you're the attacking team, if you've lost an advantage because a player is given a foul, do mm. you then lose the advantage by letting the other team set up for a wall? Yeah. Like it should be your free kick to take as and when you feel like, which mm. I completely agree with. Like it's an yeah. attacking advantage. You should be given it. So what he's done is he's asked to take the free kick. He's gone. Yep. He's blown the whistle. But then he shit himself, not thinking that West Brom are ready. So he's blown the whistle before the ball has crossed the line. So if he'd have blown it after it crossed the line, the ball was, the ball was active when it out of play. So it would have counted but because mm. he's blown it before, even if it's an inch before the line, it's dead in play. Like the play is dead, so we can't rule anything of it. So he shit himself. Yeah. And he lost control of the match completely. And from what Lewis Dunk was saying as well, he couldn't offer an explanation out to the players. And no. that, for me, is the number one issue. Why are referees not being asked? Why are they not being quizzed? Why do they not have to stand in front of the TVs at the end of the game and explain the decisions? Mm-hmm. It's awful. They, that um, video came around today again of um, Jared... What's his fucking name? The Australian lad that moved from the uh, Australian Premier League to the Championship. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it, it was his final game, and they hooked a mic up to him so we could hear all yes. of his conversations with his officials and the VAR. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen that. Yeah. That is, a, and the way not just being able to hear him because that's outstanding, but you actually hear him going explaining stuff to the players, and it's like he was like. Uh, there was an offside goal that got given. He's like, what about the other one? He's like, oh, no, he's on. Like, he's on some... He's like, the first one, he was definitely on as well. And the players accepted it because he'd sold it all and he got it all right. The English referees are fucked. And for once, it's not Mike Dean. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's getting to a point now where at first I thought it was Hollywood Dean, but now it's all of them. There is not a single good English referee apart from maybe Michael Oliver. We've got one, one referee. What's up? The bald one called. He's quite good as well. Oh, Lee the bald, Mason. The bald fat one, Lee Mason. No, no. There's another bald one. He looks like my boss. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's he, he's a decent referee. Yeah, it's just yeah. My my dickhead would have been Stuart Atwell. 
yeah. horrific. The to go over to VAR first of all to not see the handball. Mm. You're looking directly at it. You've it's bounced off his hand twice in an unnatural position. VAR have told him to go over and look at it because you think it's a penalty, and he still decided, nah, it's my game, not a pen. I do all this arguing for VAR and defend it, and I defend, I do defend VAR, and I think it's the refs and the rules are at fault, and it's just been further yeah. proved this weekend. VAR should have said to Lee Mason on that Brighton game and said, I know the rule is you've blown the whistle, so it's dead play, but Johnston was in never saving it. Game. Yeah, Johnson yeah. was never saving that ball. It was going in. Give the goal. You should have said to Stuart Atwell, it's handball twice. You've got it wrong, mate. Give the penalty. Yeah. Because otherwise, what power have they got? What's yeah. the point in it? That's, I mean, the refs are going on a power trip now where they're controlling the games. And then we get end up with referees like Mike Dean who just give out ref- red cards for fun mm-hmm. and want to be the centre of attention. The game's not about the referees. Don't get me wrong, there's a place for referees and we need them to be in the game, but we need them to be better. Yeah. You just um, want to be centre of attention. That's all it is. You just want to be centre of attention. Right, it might be Stuart Atwell, the, the, the fucking lot of them just want to be centre of attention. And it's the sheer, the sheer arrogance of the fact that, no, we're not going to make the refs up. No, we just don't think that's, that's not the way forward. Um, oh, no. Interviews with the referee at the end of the game. No, what they say goes. Don't you dare say anything about the referee's performance. We're going to fine you. Oh, we'll ban you. Ollie, Ollie, yeah, and Luke Shaw today have oh. been cleared. They've been cleared. Do you know why they've been cleared? Because Luke Shaw 100% overheard what Stuart Atwell said to Harry Maguire, and he is 100 fucking percent turned around and said, if I give this penalty, if I go up with what VAR is telling me to fucking do now, because he's clearly handballed it, right? If I go with it, it's going to cause a fucking stir, so I'm not giving it. What kind Which of is fucking justification, exactly. What kind of justification is that, right, for making a decision in the game? Have some bollocks, right, use the laws of the game that have been put in place this season, right? That is a handball. I, I had a conversation with someone on Twitter about, I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember what his name was. I think it was Billy from uh, Total Screamers podcast. Um, and I come across a bit aggressive at first, so if he's listening to this, apologies, mate, because I calmed down after I was fuming. Was it a penalty? Yeah. It, let's be honest, harsh. Yeah, it would have been harsh, right? But that, this season, is a penalty. Eric mm. Dyer had a ball headed at him. And he wasn't even looking in the direction of the ball, and it yeah. was a penalty. Yeah, they've done it with offside this season. We banned that. The most stupid one I saw was a Bamford one. I can't remember who it was against. Where he's pinky West Brom. or something. West Brom when he was pointing for where he wanted the ball. Ridiculous. Yeah. Tyrone Mings against City, where apparently he played the player on side because he started a new phase of play, and then they go and change the rule the next game. You need to make a rule, and that is it. It's consistent across the board. You cannot just decide what is one thing one game and then another another game. It was handball. It's handball. VAR's told you to look at it. He touches the ball with his hand. It's up here. It's in an unnatural position away from his body and he's affected the trajectory of the ball. It's fucking handball. And for you to turn around and say, oh, no, I can't give that because it's going to cause a stir tomorrow in the papers. Fuck off. You're not good enough. 
And 99% of people are not good enough to be a Premier League referee, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not condoning abuse of referees and stuff. What happened to Mike Dean a few weeks ago is disgusting. I should never, ever go that far. But I am allowed, just as everyone else is, to criticise your performance. You have to take accountability for the decisions you're making on the pitch, and you are not good enough. You are not good enough. So you need to drop down to the lower levels, you need to get some fucking experience in, and you need to build yourself back up to a standard where you are good enough to officiate at the highest level. Because if you're not good enough and you can't deal with the fucking pressure of a Premier League game with the cameras on you, it, when fans come back in the stadium, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to be lynched. Yeah. not strong enough. Lee Mason, Stuart Atwell, Mike Dean, a lot of them this season. Piss poor. Get, just be better. Be better. Because there's people in the Championship and the lower leagues that are just as good as you and better and want your position. And they fucking deserve it based on what we're seeing at the moment. I need mm-hmm. to stop. I'm literally going to fume, mate. I've got, I've got, I feel stupid at my ears. I don't know who's dickhead of the week there. I've said about 17 people. You, Dale, you're in chat. This is your show, mate. You you decide what I just said then. Fuck you now. Breath, 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 lads. Zen. I think it's unanimous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the, down, the downside is I, I, the, amount of, the amount of times VAR and refereeing decisions have been brought up this season has been far too often. Yeah, you yeah. know, VAR's been there to to help referees, and um, it's it hasn't. It's, it's it really is spoiling the game at the minute, and you know the referees are even getting second looks, and they're still getting decisions wrong, and you know, Chris, you said it there, consistency. There is none at the minute. They're changing rules here, there, and everywhere. Um, and in the game, so. On that note, together, and each one of you there has brought up a, a refereeing decision, whether it be football or rugby. <laughs> um, so, as a joint, as a joint, you know, I think all all three um, refereeing, you know, match official, whoever, I think you're all joint dickheads of the week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us. You can subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, Apple and Google Podcasts and all other major podcast stations. Also, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Formax One Toffee. And please follow us on social media at We Are 4M1T.